Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown in stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house. Sideline. Pylon. Touchdown. And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Welcome in. Into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron, of course, is at AaronMurray11. And head on over to PuntandPass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. Uh, don't look now, but I went 4-1 and one once again against the spread. On my picks last week, yeah, I have posted those on to PuntandPass.com, so go check it out. Keeps you up to date on where Aaron and I are at during the weekend action. And Aaron, you are at Aaron Murray 11, and I just absolutely love what you have been posting with some play breakdowns on your Instagram, at Aaron Murray 11, so go check Aaron out for sure. We have so much to talk about on this episode. Georgia taking care of business in a big way, 56-7 to on the field. Stet the Jet, the mailman, having just an absolutely unbelievable day, 10-12, 288 yards, five touchdowns. Oregon Knocks off number three, Ohio State, 35-28. to 28. Texas A&M gets out of Denver with a scare against Colorado. They beat them 10-7. to 7. Notre Dame gets away with one. Uh, a lot to talk about, Aaron. Florida, we're going to discuss a little bit of everything, Arkansas but how are you, man? Arkansas. Holy cow, yeah. What's Where going on, bro? Where did that come from? Yeah, yeah, it's insane. I mean, it was a great weekend. Um, I thought that Kentucky-Missouri game, same with the SEC theme a little bit, the Kentucky-Missouri game was absolutely phenomenal. Shoot, Tennessee, you know, making yeah. the comeback. That There's a lot of really interesting quarterback storylines as we head into this third week of the For season. Sure. Uh, Tennessee with theirs, Florida with theirs. Uh, a team that really played extremely well was Mississippi State. Yep. Beating NC State, that was a great game. And there was a lot of, at least for me, worry heading into this weekend if I'm an SEC fan of, okay, you know the big boys are going to take care of business, but could Arkansas beat Texas? Yep. Could South Carolina beat East Carolina? Could Tennessee beat Pittsburgh? Could Mississippi State beat NC State? I'm like, crap, there's going to be a lot of noise after this weekend about, oh, the SEC is not that good. Yeah, they're overrated. It's just Georgia and Alabama and everyone else is OK. Not the case at all. Arkansas's win was huge. huge. The SEC, huge uh, South Carolina's win. I know it's East Carolina, but still, you don't want to lose that ball game. They've managed to pull it out. And then I thought the biggest one was Mississippi State beating NC State, a good For sure. NC State team. I don't think anyone was expecting Tennessee to win that game. It's good the fact that they fought, for sure. made it close, made it a one-score game. 
But overall, a huge win for the SEC this weekend. Yeah, and Vanderbilt knocked off Colorado Vanderbilt State twenty four to twenty one. So showing a little bit of that depth across the conference, which is obviously pretty good. And and you look across and you see the Big Ten with Ohio State just falling flat on their face against Oregon. Uh, and then the Pac twelve looks to be good, and Stanford whips up on USC. So USC, one of the top fifteen teams in the country, goes the down Pac-12, as well. Though. What's that? I said that hurts the pack. No, that's well, what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree yeah, with that, you. That's, that's not good for that conference. The fact that USC was supposed to be kind of the leader. Uh, and now all of a sudden Clemson, who I was bashing after the loss to Georgia, is kind of sent back saying, okay, well, maybe we're back in this thing. Yeah, because already. all of a sudden the, the, the Big Ten has some questions about – you know, their 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 top dog lost this weekend. So now they, you know, we'll see if someone else can run the table in that conference. Uh and the Pac twelve, their top dog lost. So unless UCLA goes undefeated, they're gonna have a one loss team in the Pac twelve. So yeah. Clemson is feeling a little bit better after that shaky start to the season versus Georgia. Yeah, and Oklahoma won seventy six to nothing. That is just insane. We don't have to break that I, game down, but that is a wild score. I had a feeling they were going to show up after that now that week one uh, lackluster performance. Pretty interesting, nonetheless. You mentioned a lot of quarterback storylines, and we'll get there. Let's dive right into the Georgia news. Okay, so obviously JT Daniels didn't play. Uh, we recorded our episode on Thursday, and you and I were discussing, will he play, will he not play? You know, oblique injury, get out there, maybe get a couple of series in, then hit the bench and, and get ready for South Carolina. A lot of conflicting information started coming out late Friday afternoon. Uh, it was being reported that JT was not going to play. So then it was, who's going to play Carson or Stetson. Now, after fall camp, you heard so much about Carson Beck becoming more acclimated to college football, showing a lot of positive signs throughout camp, being solidified as the number two QB. And then it's like, hey, we're going to play Stetson Bennett. So there were there were two conflicting pieces of information. Some were saying Carson Beck's going to start. Others were saying Stetson Bennett's going to start. I would love your thoughts uh, as to how the decision was made. And then tell me this. Did, do you think with the conflicting information, do you think that Todd Munkin wanted to play Carson Beck and then Kirby Smart came in at the last minute and said, uh-uh, we're going to play Stetson. He's more familiar with the offense. He started five games for us a year ago. We want a fast start. Um, or do you think this is a situation where you know Munkin and Kirby kind of were at odds and then Kirby made the final say before before game time? How do you think that happened with all the information that was coming out? See, I don't know. I mean, in any you know, going to scrimmages and hearing reports too and watching the team, Carson was the number two guy. Yeah. So if he's the number two guy, why wasn't he starting this game when JT's out? Yeah. And and if he has a chance to be the future quarterback, this was the perfect game to put him in. Exactly. I mean, you're going against... Look to the future. Yeah, look to the future, get him reps, get him acclimated, see what he can do starting a football game in Sanford Stadium. See how he looks, see how he handles the pressure. Yeah. And and because you knew at the end of the day that, listen, if he craps the bed in the first quarter, you got Stetson. And plus, you're playing UAB. You're yeah. going to dominate. You know you're going to dominate. You are going to win this game big, regardless of who the quarterback's going to be. So get the young kid reps. Give the kid who could be the starting quarterback next year an opportunity to play. So I'm still scratching my head of why this decision was made to put Stetson in. I love Stetson. He had a tremendous game. 10 to 12, five touchdowns. I mean, it's awesome. Good yeah, thing. Yeah. I love it. But it doesn't help Georgia for the future at do, all. Do you would you consider that to be quarterback mismanagement as far as I how would. recruits are going to look at it? Get a kid reps, yeah. get film, 
and 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 see how he does without you know he played the first series it was three runs and he's out then he put you know Bennett back in yeah and you know if I'm Carson I'm, I'm a little ticked off and I was talking to shock a little bit about it yesterday and i think there was some frustration from carson back a little bit on the sideline of, well of course anticipation of i'm going to be the starting quarterback this week i'm going to get to go out there and show you know the fans and everyone what i can do and you put stetson in and and like i said we know what we're going to get from stetson stetson played last year you know who yeah. Stetson is. yeah and at the end of the day stetson is not going to be possibly the starting quarterback for georgia for the next two three years Carson has that option. I know, I know. So how See, do, how was that decision I, made? Like, I, I that's my question. To you. Griffin there than Stetson, honestly. Yeah, just, yeah. for the just future, an opportunity to play football that is going to be competing for this job in the next year. So I don't know. I, 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 I like I said, I, I can understand if they were playing Florida or Kentucky, yes. or Missouri, okay. and there was a thought of okay, this game is going to be tight. We know that Stetson can win this game. We feel comfortable with him. We'll put him in there. They are going to blow UAB out. Why are you not putting in a future quarterback? So I don't know. I honestly have no idea why this decision was made. I'm I'm still shocked about so it. So do you think, I mean, I guess my original question would be, do you think Munkin wanted to play Carson Beck, hence the number two on the depth chart coming out of camp, uh, all the positive storylines that happened, and then at the last minute, Kirby came in and said, no, let's just start Stetson. Let's get out of here with a quick victory. Um, and I don't think anybody anybody probably Stetson included expected him to go five for five with five touchdowns to start the game I guarantee you that was playing into some of the frustration from Carson Beck I mean obviously he's excited for his teammates obviously he's excited because Georgia took care of business in a huge way but you know there was some frustration around Carson Beck on the sidelines when Stetson's setting records right in front of his face going man that could have been me well, especially when you look at the defense. I mean, holy smokes, those guys were running <laughs> yeah. wide open. I mean, it's so funny. If you go back and watch the film, uh, especially the coach's copy, where you can see these DBs, literally the receiver's running by the DB, and he hasn't gone out of his backpedal yet. And it's like, it <laughs> yeah. literally it looks like he's in quicksand. I'm like, yeah. oh, my goodness, this kid is still in his backpedal, and the Georgia receiver's five yards past him already. Yeah, I'm like, this is just bad football. I was not expecting that piss poor of a defense from UAB. I knew Georgia was going to be able to score points, but I'm not kidding. It looked like JV football defenders out there trying to cover (laughs) these receivers. It was awful to watch if I'm a UAB fan at all. Um, Just the lack of speed. Uh, And Georgia took advantage of it. I mean, over and over again, they're playing man. They're playing some sort of cover four, which essentially turns into man coverage. And they just could not handle what Georgia was bringing on the outside. It was a great, it was it was great for the offense to go out there and do their thing. It was great to get some of the confidence for the, some of these younger receivers. Uh, Brock Bowers continues to yeah, have a awesome storyline for sure. Showing off his speed. Burn looked good. Uh, Smith with some speed, obviously, on the long touchdown. Uh, Mitchell. So this was a great pump-me-up game. And maybe that's why they went with, with Stetson at the end of the day is, hey, we want to just get these receivers some confidence and we know that Setson's going to be able to deliver on that, but I don't know. I, like I said, I don't know if it was Kirby's decision. I don't know if it was Monkey's decision. I don't know if maybe both of them decided at the last minute to to give the ball to Stetson and make him the starting quarterback. I'm just saying I don't agree with it. Um, in a game you know you're going to dominate. Look. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. 
Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. To the future a little bit. Yeah, um, and now as you look to the future, I, I, I hate to even bring this talking point up, but do you expect Carson Beck to be on Georgia's football team next year? I mean, Gunnar Stockton's another five-star quarterback who's going to be coming in. You know, we're all in group texts, and people like to you know poke fun and, and have fun around Georgia football games. And some of the texts that I got this past weekend were expect Carson Beck to transfer, and then in two years he's going to beat Brock Vandergrift for a national championship. He's Just, better than Brock. He's better than Brock. And, well, at this point. I mean, Brock's been in school for for, for five months. I'm just saying from a pure passer standpoint, he is significantly better of a thrower. Obviously, he's not the athlete that Brock is. So I guess it's depending on where you see this offense building to. But it's still, you know, Todd Munkin is a NFL mentality. He wants a quarterback that can make all the throws. And I'm not the fact that Brock can make all the throws in the playbook compared to what Carson's able to deliver. And I don't think that's expected yet. No. But you can tell, though, if a kid has it or doesn't have it. Like you, 100%. I've seen enough quarterbacks and I've watched enough film to know if a kid has, you know, it's just a lack of playing time and that's the only issue or if it's just a lack of just God-given natural talent. And Carson's not lacking talent. He's lacking playing time. Yeah. I, I think – Brock Vandergrift may be lacking arm talent along with playing time. Yeah, yeah, and that's again as a true freshman, you you would you would expect that certainly. Um, this is going to be interesting to watch. I mean, is JT healthy enough to play against South Carolina? It seemed like he was okay. He was on the sidelines. He was excited for his teammates as well. Uh, but those oblique injuries, especially if you're a quarterback, I mean, that is one that might stick around. And and I would hope that he continues to get to rehab and and and, and gets healthy along the way. And then as you step into the SEC schedule as Georgia opens up conference play this upcoming weekend hosting South Carolina you know you're gonna need JT to be in there and, and I think look Kirby after the game said Stetson's a guy who does the duty that lies nearest and we all understand that there are no coincidences but I don't think a lot of people expected him to start Roddy Nabolsi from UGA Sports he certainly hit the nail on the head people were ripping into him on Friday when he was like, I think Stetson Bennett's going to start the football game. Um, and everybody's going, well, why wouldn't Carson Beck after he was named the number two on the depth chart coming out of fall camp? But look, when it was time to kick it off, Kirby handed the keys over to Stetson. Stetson gets off to the best start imaginable. And again, I, I would have to think that played into some of Carson's frustrations. Being so close to finally have the chance to start a football game, have the chance to get that experience under his belt. And then it gets ripped away from him right before kickoff and Stetson goes five for five with five touchdowns so this is a storyline to continue to watch uh I do like how they aired it out uh right off right out of the gates explosive plays um I expected them to run the ball more especially with the uh, uncertainty at quarterback but look they took care of business in the past that has not necessarily been Georgia's MO to take care of business in such a convincing fashion especially after a big game like they had a week ago against Clemson so it was great to see Georgia continue to trend upwards from week one to two you can't say that about some other teams across the country and within the conference Ohio State obviously they got out uh, of of a really tough situation last week with the kickoff against Minnesota. I thought they were going to come home 
with a lot of rest and take care of business against Oregon. And they just didn't there. They looked pretty, pretty poor to be a hundred percent honest with you. Um, and then we also discussed Texas A&M. Well, I mean, they, they, goes they, out with Oregon it. was missing their best player Thibodeau on yeah, defense. One of the best players in the country. And I mean, listen, I, I thought CJ Stroud played phenomenal, especially in the second half, a little bit of a slow start, but he looked, he looked good there in the second half, gave them opportunities. We know how good, you know, Smith and Olave and Wilson are at the receiving position. I mean, they, they offensively is not the issue for Ohio State. They're going to be able to score points. Defensively was atrocious. Yeah. Verdell, the running back for Oregon, just went right through them. 8.1 yards per rush. You are not going to win big-time football games if you're giving up 8.1 to him. 7.1 total is what Oregon was rushing for in that game yeah. per rushing attempt. Seven yards a pop. And then, and then Brown played well. I mean, the, offensively, Oregon did what they wanted. I mean, it seemed like Ohio State, they'd go down there, score. Okay, one-score game. They're going to do it. They're going to make a comeback. And then Oregon would just go right down the field like it was nothing. So, to me, championship-type offense for Ohio State, not even close defensively to being competitive. Yeah. And, and, and that's not a good sign because you knew what Oregon was going to do. They just lined up and ran the football. Oh, ran yeah. The football, ran the football. And Ohio State just got bullied up front. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, because Penn State's playing right now. Obviously, Penn State has a big game versus Auburn this weekend. That'd be great. Uh, there's some other good teams in that conference. So not a good look for the Big Ten overall right now. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, and when you're missing Kayvon Thibodeau, one of the best, probably a top five pick in the NFL next draft. I mean, you, yeah. everybody was leaning Ohio State, us included. Uh, and, and they obviously needed that win in a big way, not only for themselves, but for the Big Ten also. So we'll see how that plays out as the season continues on. Uh, you mentioned Florida. We're going to touch on their kind of quarterback situation coming up here in, in just a minute. Texas A&M, Haynes King goes out with a lower leg injury, and then they get out of Dodge with a late touchdown to beat Colorado 10-7. to So one of the teams, I don't know uh, what their situation is going to look like moving forward, but one of the teams that you would expected to give Alabama maybe a run uh not looking great Ole Miss though Ole Miss is looking like a team that defense man's playing some ball right now Matt Corral uh it's going to be a fun one to kind of keep your tabs on let's 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 take it down a notch okay defense really balling out right now well I'm I'm even more so talking about Louisville last week I mean those guys were swarming to the ball they were too I mean I'm not I don't think Louisville is a bunch of ball busters. Listen, their defense is improved. Don't get me wrong. They're better. And that's all we wanted. We just want Ole Miss defensively to just get a little bit better. I mean, that's a defense that was, yeah. you know, 115 to 125 in most categories. And there's only 128 teams in college football. That's not good. <laughs> defensively. No, it's not. All we need them to do is get to like, you know, in the 70s or 80s. And if the offense keeps pace of what they're doing last year, this could be the number two team in the SEC West based on what we've seen from a the first two weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, what we've seen from LSU. I like Mississippi State a ton. I think that's a really good football game. I think that's going to be a really good game between them and Ole Miss uh, later on the season. But right now, I'd give the edge to Ole Miss. Matt I think Corral, so, too. That offense, uh, and then the defense is playing better. I would give them, if anyone right now, and this is shocking to me because I thought it was going to be A&M, and I thought maybe LSU – if anyone could give Alabama troubles this year, it's most likely once again going to be Ole Miss from the West, not yep. SEC toll, but from the West, because we saw what happened last year. Their offense having their way, 
And it just they couldn't stop Alabama at all. So that that, that game's getting more and more interesting every single week. No doubt. Um, Georgia stays at number two in the AP Top 25. They get three first place votes. How about that? Alabama, of course, number one. Oklahoma jumps up to number three. Oregon all the way up to number four after that big time victory at Ohio State. And Iowa. Wow. Iowa looks solid. I mean, they forced a ton of turnovers. Brock Purdy for Iowa State. uh, Three interceptions. But watch out for the Hawkeyes. They are at number five right now. Now, Clemson's at six. A&M bounces back to number seven. And you mentioned that Penn State-Auburn game coming up this weekend. Auburn's ranked 22. Penn State is ranked 10. Florida's at 11. Um, and you wanted to talk about their quarterback situation because uh, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Dan Mullen seems to be leaning more so towards Anthony Richardson. This will be an interesting one because I believe Florida, yeah, Florida plays Alabama this weekend. I mean, they yeah. got to figure that out. That's, that is not a well, game you want to go into. I was just shocked. Anthony Richardson that. didn't really get a ton of playing time in the game. And, you know, it, it, to me, watching week one and then watching this past weekend, every time he's in the game, good things happen. With and Anthony and Richardson. Texting, yeah, Anthony yes. Richardson. I was texting C-Rob about the situation. He's like, dude, he does he does that stuff every single day in practice. And I just don't know if, it, if, if, if Dan Mullen just doesn't feel comfortable with the entire playbook with him yet or what. But I'm just saying, every time Anthony Richardson is in the, in the game at quarterback, good things happen. Like yeah. He's running the football, another big-time 80-yard run this week for a touchdown. The throws he's making, I mean, he was rolling out to the left one play and threw an absolute 40-yard dime to the sideline with guys in his face. I don't know if you saw in the pregame, he's doing somersault backflips. And I'm like, this guy is just a, a freak. A freak of an athlete. Yeah. For absolute yeah. freak. And then you look at Emory and and you know, Emory looked a little bit more comfortable until the second half. Then he started forcing balls down the field. Two really bad interceptions. Should have been a third interception actually in the end zone. Uh, on a, um, which is crazy. Anthony Richardson brought them into the ten yard line and then you take him out and put Emory in the game. I'm like, what are we doing yeah, here? That's like bizarre. Give the kid an opportunity to see if he could be the starting quarterback for Florida. Obviously, Emory is not going to win you the big games. And I know Dan Mullen loves Emory. Emory stuck it out. Emory may be his guy, but the problem is now the locker room sees this. The locker room sees Anthony Richardson. Oh yeah. Out. No the question. Sees Emory Jones not doing his thing and turning the football over. Yep. So now you're going to start causing issues within the locker room. If you don't make this decision or make the change to put the best quarterback on the field, or at least give him more of an opportunity Emory, 14 to 22, 22 attempts to throw the football. Anthony Richardson, three for three with actually more yards, 152. You only gave him three opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And he was perfect on all of them. Give the kid a chance to go out there and prove that he could be the starting quarterback because right now – Emory is not going to win you the big ones. You bring up a great point as far as the locker room seeing what's going on. And when Emory is turnover prone and you bring him in into the red zone, the team's got to be going, what are we doing right now? Like, let's put the ball in the end zone, have a little bit of consistency. I think those situations where you're swapping quarterbacks in and out during a drive kind of probably lowers the confidence of the players that are on the field. Like, what, coach, what are we, what are we doing, man? He just got us all the way down here. How are you going to pull him and then put the guy in who's turned the ball over a couple of times in the game? That's interesting. Um, so that is one that I think you're going to see if Dan Mullen continues to play that way, Alabama ain't going to have any sort of you know you think they're going to respect anthony richardson from a pass game perspective if he's at quarterback uh for florida this weekend 
Absolutely not. I mean, Alabama is going to be ready to, you know, absolutely take care of business. This game is at the Swamp. It's the 330 CBS game coming up this weekend. Alabama, an early 15.5 point favorite on the road. Georgia, a 30 point favorite right now against I South Carolina. You would lay 30 points. I think that that's that's an insane amount of points for a conference I don't think game. South Carolina is going to be able to score in Georgia. Yeah, I mean Georgia's defense has proven to be pretty I, I, damn stout. I don't think South Carolina is going to be able to score on Georgia. I love it at all. Number twenty-two Maybe Auburn. Could be, it could be thirty nothing. That yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, number 22, Auburn heads up to State College to take on Penn State. That's the 7.30 p.m. ABC game coming up this weekend. So we got a pretty good slate looking mm-hmm. towards week three. Cincinnati, Indiana. I know Indiana lost in week one, but that's a game that I think you should watch out for. And then Nebraska, Oklahoma, throwing it back to the Big 12 days. Uh, that's going to be a noon game in Norman on Fox one more thing. We haven't necessarily touched on it. You said your lock of the week was Texas. You were oh, adamant uh-huh. on Steve Sarkeesian being able to scheme some stuff up, have those Longhorns running around free. I stopped you in your tracks and said, didn't you just say that this is the first sold-out game at Razorback Stadium since 2017? It's an old Big 8 matchup. I go, I just like the vibes around Arkansas. And boy, did they whoop up on Texas. Good for Coach Pittman. Um, mm. I always say this, though. When you look at Arkansas, Barry Odom, as the defensive coordinator Kendall Bryles as the offensive coordinator you've got head coaches on that coaching staff that get these guys ready to play you know I know Arkansas is coming to Athens later on in the season but that's a game right there where Georgia's going to have to wake up a little bit um, instead of everybody just looking towards the schedule and saying Georgia's got such an easy schedule I mean, it was just running performance. I, I know we talked earlier about Oregon and their ability to run versus Ohio State. Arkansas dominated the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I mean, they pushed Texas around like a little B word uh, out there. In the football <laughs> game. They really showed that, hey, this is SEC football. I mean, 7.1 yards per carry, 333 total rushing yeah. yards in the game. K.J. Jefferson played really well. Um, he looks like a little mini Cam Newton to me. Um, and I don't even know if he's mini. How big is K.J. Jefferson? He's wearing the one. He's super mobile. Great runner. 6'3", 245. I yeah, mean, he's man, stout. an inch or two shorter than, than Cam. Uh, runs the ball well. He's a decent thrower. Okay thrower. Uh, not you know super, super intimidating. But the issue is he's going to get a lot of one-on-one opportunities on the outside because of the fact they run the ball so effectively with him, Smith, A.J. Green, um, Sanders. I mean, this rushing attack in that offensive line just kicked Texas's yeah. butt. And then defensively for Arkansas, I love what they did. They mix it up. Uh, they brought pressure when they need to bring pressure. A lot of drop eight uh, and just said, you know, we dare you to run the ball. And, and Texas could not run the football at all. Hudson Card missed a ton of opportunities down the field, um, which was unfortunate for Texas. But what a huge win yeah. for Arkansas. And it was really good to see. It was, I was like, this is awesome. The fans were rushing the field. But I'm like, uh, it's still COVID time. I don't know if I want fans rushing the field right now. <laughs> And, and, you know, who knows what could happen when it comes to testing and all that crap. That's oh, like. yeah, man. I didn't even think about that. But uh, you're right. Hopefully they're all vaccinated. I'm assuming that the majority of them are. It seems like that's been a, a pretty big talking point for SEC teams coming straight from Commissioner Sankey's mouth. But, uh, yeah, Arkansas heading to Athens 
ne- week after next um, on October 2nd. So that's going to be, oh, excuse me, in three weeks. That's going to be a big game. Look at Georgia's schedule right now. I mean, number 20, Arkansas, then at number 22, Auburn, and then home versus Kentucky. I would expect Kentucky to probably sneak into the top 25 by that point as well. So it could get pretty interesting. Anything on the way out, my man? I mean, I know we, we had a bunch to discuss. Week two is not the most exciting from a, from a scheduling standpoint. Week three is going to be better. We're fired up for that. We're going to get back amongst it. Thursday. I think we're we'll going to be in studio Thursday, Aaron. If you can fit that in your schedule, I'm looking forward to it. Crazy week. I'm heading up to New York tonight. Got studio for CBS and then uh, off to LA. I actually had a good game. I was actually disappointed that Utah lost. I have Utah versus San Diego State. Oh, that's going to be a great this game. This weekend. It's going to be a great game. It would have been nice to see Utah beat BYU. First time BYU's won that game, I think, in nine years. Holy war. Holy war. Uh, but it's still going to be a great game. Just this traveling, man. West Coast travel. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Awesome. Well, uh, be sure to check us out on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. Head on over to puntandpass.com and we will talk to you on Thursday. For Aaron, I'm Drew. See you. Don't forget to download the Southern Sports Today app. You can listen to this in every show on podcastpark.com or wherever you get your podcast needs. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 